welcome. Hi, you're listening to Of Course I'm Not Okay, the podcast, and I am a really angry Christmas tree that ended up inside Trump's White House this year. What the actual fuck? I really thought that my life was going well, and then I was placed in this hellhole. So anyway, you are listening to this great podcast, and I hope that it brings you more joy than I'm experiencing right now next to Melania Trump. Hello. I am both that first glimpse we all got of the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree that was peak 2020, which is all fucked up and flat on one side and looked really sad, and the tiny owl that got stuck inside that tree, which is also peak 2020. Of course I'm Not Okay, the podcast covers all things from humor to mental health to coping with quarantine, creativity, tiny owls that make pilgrimages inside Christmas trees to Rockefeller Center and Christmas trees themselves that die sad deaths inside Trump's White House. Thank you for joining us on this journey. (laughs) Oh my God, okay. All right, hey Karen, it is so wonderful to see you today. Katie, it's always good to see you. This is just so nice. This is an interesting episode for us because we have decided to kind of do a twofer this week, which is very exciting. Um, listeners, you probably won't even notice because we're that good, but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have we're gonna record two episodes in the same day. So this is pretty exciting. And our first episode is obviously being recorded right now, which will go live on the 14th, the next one on the 21st. Um, but yeah, it's been an interesting week. I feel like this week has been semi-uneventful, at least in my world. I feel like mine has been uneventful too, and I feel like it went by really fast, which is kind of alarming, to be honest, because it's December. Yes. I mean, there's always the days that I'm just like, wait, how is it December, whatever it is, or how is it November, whatever it is. Um, but I, I will say that I'm personally extremely excited about the vaccine. I know, I know a lot of people, everybody probably is, but like, it was interesting this week when I heard that Obama and Clinton and Bush were all going to get the vaccine live on camera. I don't actually know when that will happen. I don't think if that's even been released because the FDA just approved it, but, or approved the vaccine for emergency use. But um, I mean, I don't know why, but that kind of like gives me comfort. Is that weird? No. I mean, I think it's supposed to give you comfort, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't... It's true. I feel like that's what it's, but yeah, I I think I am I am ca- more cautious. I will say than a lot of people about the vaccine. I will admit that I am like a little bit of a a little Debbie Downer about it, but I'm cautiously optimistic. That's that's how I ca- characterize myself. Oh yeah, no, I was a hundred percent cautious. Cautious is actually a lenient term to what I felt until I found out Obama was going to do it. Before Obama was going to do it, I was like, oh hell no, I'm not going to get a fourth arm because of this stupid shot. Like, I seriously, that's what I was thinking. I know. Well, and I heard somebody on NPR talking about getting the vaccine and feeling fine. And one of the questions that people keep asking him is a lot is about long-term effects, which is one of my questions. And he was like, I got it five months ago. And I was like, five months ago? That's the blink of an eye. I don't care about how you feel five months later. I mean, 
have you been looking at the U.S. pharmaceutical industry? Like, that shit doesn't happen immediately. So things get pulled off the market. <laughs> and the sirens agree with me. Like, I, I just feel like five months to me is not the law. Is that, that's not a compelling testimonial about the long-term effects. I 100% agree. And we need a Marty McFly to get into a time machine, DeLorean, to go and, like, take the vaccine, take the vaccine right now, go back to 1985, then come back to 2020, and then report back. Then I would trust it. This is a Back to the Future reference for those of you who have never seen the 1985 movie, Back to the Future. Thank you for that. I mean, we probably do have some <clears throat> younger people in our audience who might not be familiar with that film. Yeah, uh, I will. Funny story about Back to the Future. The paper I work at has a 50-year archive, and when someone was digitizing movie reviews, they got lazy and just put in the same date for all of them. And it turns out that it was the date from the from Back to the Future. You're like kidding. Hundreds, no, 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 no. Hundred, the publication date for hundreds of movie reviews. And I can't remember the date now. But it took the film editor like a really long time to figure out like, what is, why is everything that date? No, it's from Back to the Future. Oh my gosh. I wonder if they like put it into the computer at the time like they were doing a movie review about Back to the Future and then they, I just, wow. Yeah, I don't, I think he just like didn't want to have to figure out when all those movie reviews were from. So. <laughs> that is insane. And also, yes, we do, we do need a time machine for the vaccine. Like, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I really do, you know, feel for people who are in those positions, like, you know, the frontline workers and stuff like that, that are now going to be mandated to take it. They don't have a choice. And so it's like, okay, well, in on one respect, if I was that person, or if I was one of those people, I probably would be thrilled. But then on the other part, I would be like, oh God, like, you know, I, I don't know, there just isn't a choice right now. Like you just kind of, this is it. So. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's the heart of so much of this for us is the lack of choice and the struggling to take control of things we can take control of. And that's why we have a podcast. Yes, it is. This is our tiny slice of control in the world. <laughs> Today's episode of Of Course I'm Not Okay, the podcast is brought to you by the official phrase of 2020. You're muted. Thank you for sponsoring this podcast. I do want like, to get to what we're going to talk about today, which is how to show up for people, how to be a really good friend or family member or community member when we can't show up in person. I mean, there's like so much around that. And yeah. Ugh. And, you know, it's, I feel like it's something that we, you and I talk a lot about and we have, you know, this, just to peel back the curtain, we have this giant spreadsheet of possible topics and there are tons of ones about friendship on it. And I feel like you and I dance around them because friendships are really, female friendships are a hard thing to talk about. So I feel like this is a more positive, this is probably one of our most positive friendship topics, like how to actually show up for people and how to because I feel like we've talked a lot about like how to curate your list of friends so that you're only surrounding yourself with people who bring you a certain energy. But like once you do that, what does that look like? What does that yes. relationship look like now? Totally. And I agree with you that we've, we have kind of danced around the whole friendship concepts because 
I think they're just, it's charged. When you're talking about female friendships in particular, it's very charged in, in ways. But yes, I agree that this topic, it's like, yeah, once you finally do curate or you have a good group that you feel really positive around, how do you show up for them? And I think, I mean, just some of the strategies that I found during the pandemic, like in the beginning, I'll just be honest, I wasn't really talking to that many people. Like I just wasn't. And I, I was kind of, um, I just was kind of in shock. Like I was like, I, I well, first off, I thought it was going to be a two week thing. And so I was like, okay, no big deal. I won't touch base with my people for a couple of weeks and that's fine. But then it kind of just, it obviously didn't turn into that. Yeah. I think I had the exact same experience and yeah, there's an adjustment period. I mean, like you, we had to change our whole lives. So of obviously there's going to be that adjustment period. And, you know, I just think back to thinking it was going to be a week and then two weeks, then a month, like, oh my God, this could go into May, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> oh, the good old days. Right. And so, yeah, I feel like, how do you, how do you prioritize now that we know this shit's not over, <laughs> not going to be over. How do we prioritize relationships, especially during the winter when it's so tough and isolating? Totally. And I think it's like, it's definitely an art more than a science in terms, at least for me, like I, I find that sometimes I go really hard and like catching up with everybody in the same day, week, whatever. And then I'm so burned out. And then I'm like, oh my God, so many boundaries are crossed. Like not that my people are crossing my boundaries, but it's more like, I'm just not allowing any space for myself. And so it's like, okay, what's actually working. And so I think for me, I just have multiple forms of communication with people. Like I'll text people, I'll send people a Marco Polo, which for those of you who don't know, Marco Polo is basically this app that you can send video messages on. It's actually awesome. At first I was like, this is stupid. And then I realized for the people that are in different time zones and like, I just truly can never get on the phone with them for a variety of reasons. It's actually kind of awesome. Have you ever used Marco Polo? I just started using it and I love it so much. Oh, I love it. It's the best. It's free. It's free. Everybody just look up Marco Polo on your app or on your, you know, app store. It's, it's fantastic. And so I love that. And then, yeah, I mean, I think it's like, you know, it's just, I think showing up for people, especially when you know that they're not okay also has been kind of an interesting thing. Like I find that just a simple text message of like, Hey, thinking of you, like, you know, one line and kind of even saying sometimes when you know that person is like really on the struggle bus, like you don't have to respond. Like I'm just putting love into the world. I was just going to say that exact thing because there, I feel like unfortunately, especially as women, we are socialized to make care into this burden. Like I called to check on you and you didn't call me back. Like, no, no. The point is to not create work for that person who's already overwhelmed and struggling. It's just to let them know you're thinking of them. Yeah. I always appreciate when people say like, you don't have to call me back. I just want, want you to know I'm thinking of you. Yes. Yes. That's like the nicest thing that you can say, honestly, because then at least when people say that to me, I'm like, oh, I want to call them back whenever it like, you know, fits into my schedule or whatever. But like, it doesn't feel like, oh God, like, I, I mean, sometimes I have running lists on sticky notes around my house. Like I need to call this person and this person. And I'm just like, shit, I'm not, I'm not being a good, <laughs> you just picked up a sticky note. People can't see it, but like, yes, like, it's just, you know, it's just hard sometimes. And so, yeah, I mean, just kind of, it's just nice when people, you know, reach out with no obligation attached. Well, and I feel like 
people don't realize that if I'm having a hard time or I'm just busy or I have a lot going on, making me feel guilty doesn't make me want to interact with you. No. So I'm going to get on the phone with you and you're going to spend how much of that conversation? Oh my God, you never call me back. You never, whatever. Like that. No, totally. I definitely want to sign up for that conversation. (laughs) No, it's true. It's true. Actually, that's a really, that's such a good point because it's also like, you know, kind of, (laughs) I feel like I'm getting into the female friendship conversation again, but like, it's okay. This is good. This is real. And so it's like, I think that I've had some conversations with people where the first 10 minutes is like, I'm so sorry that we haven't connected and back and forth. Me saying, I'm sorry. Them saying they're sorry. Oh, it's just been so bu- Okay. Fuck that shit. Can we just cut that out? Like, can we just seriously put a moratorium on apologizing for pretty much anything right now? Like, come on, let's be honest. Like all of us are doing the best we can. Like, let's just, you know, if we don't talk to somebody for a month or two and like, you know, life gets in the way, it's okay. Like, it's not, it's just, we're all doing our best. Like, there's no personal attacks here. Yeah. Amen to that. I also want to just put a pin in something. Marco Polo, if you'd like to sponsor this podcast, you can reach out to us. Today's episode of Of Course I'm Not Okay, the podcast is brought to you by Rebellious Magazine. No, no, I know you've never heard of it. It's okay. It's fine. Listen, it's at rebelliousmagazine.com. It's a feminist magazine. It was founded by a mouthy black lesbian. And if you give a shit about mouthy black lesbians, you should read it and you should send us money. Rebelliousmagazine.com. Don't miss it. Check it today. Like the other stuff that happens for me. So the other day we have, Tyler and I have some relatives that um are much much older they're basically like kind of like older than my parents and they used to live near us in Sausalito and they're really dear to our hearts and it was one of those things where they were so excited for us to move even though they were sad and like we were sad to leave them and we wanted to get like they texted us and they sent me like a video message like an actual video message like a text message and it was like three minutes long about how like they're doing well. And like, it was so kindly, like really practiced. And like, it was just like very touching. But the thing is, is that in that, like they didn't mean it this way, but I took it that like, oh shit, the timer is on. I need to make sure that I like schedule a Zoom date with them. And so I did, I scheduled a Zoom date with them. And then it was the day of the Zoom date. And I had to cancel because I was an emotional disaster. I was just a fucking hot mess. Like, just like, just in general, this is early when we moved. And I was, and so I texted them and I was like, I'm so sorry. And they were really understanding. But I think that like, it's also, this conversation is also about how you show up for yourself because like the, I don't know, it's like, so what ended up happening was we like had a really good week this week and I texted them on Wednesday and I was like, Hey, if you're around, no obligation, but we're, we're around for a Zoom date. If you're interested, we ended up having like an hour long Zoom date with them and it was really nice. And so it's just like, I don't know what the lesson is there except for just like, give yourself a break. Like we're all trying. Yeah, I think that is a good lesson. And I think it's a good lesson about we can still have spontaneity now that I feel like so much of our lives is planned because we're, plan- you know, sitting in front of this, I call it the murder machine for work all day. And then yes. even for recreation, I feel like we forget like, yeah, you can just text somebody and be like, hey, do you want to cop on a Zoom right now? Yes, exactly. And if they can't, it's okay. Like the, if they can, great. 
but yeah, it is. And then the other thing that I've been doing is doing double dates with our next door neighbors, which I don't know if I've talked about this on a previous podcast, but it's actually working so well. So we moved to this new neighborhood. We don't know anybody, obviously. And like, there's this neighbor of our, these neighbors, this couple that live across the street and they have a dog. So we see them outside when I'm walking Lucy or when Tyler's walking Lucy. And so we kind of struggle up a conversation, but we're all four of us are being extremely conservative. So there's no way that we're going to see each other indoors. And so we started doing these things where they would make food and then drop it off on our front door. And then we sit down and eat it together in front of zoom, which sounds really awkward. Honestly, it's not, it's like actually kind of nice. And so, yeah, that's how we're trying to show up for them too. Yeah. You're having dinner together. Exactly. No yeah. big deal. I love that. I, um, you know, my partner and I are long distance and we cooked Thanksgiving dinner together over zoom. Oh, that's so nice. I mean, it's, was it awkward? I would imagine it kind of was, it was probably nice. It was nice. You know what? And I felt like I was on a cooking show. There you go. Yeah. That's amazing. I also will put in a plug for scheduling time to talk with friends. Like I've kind of long been a scheduler of like, let's have a phone date with a few of my friends, but this has become incredibly important during COVID for me because it's, and it sound, it might sound weird to some people to be like, ugh. I just need to be spontaneous. Like I should just be able to pick up the phone or answer the phone when my friend calls. But the truth is, is that at least for me, I need boundaries on my time because otherwise like things bleed into other things and then I'm doing something and I just, you know, it's just kind of like, maybe I'm not energetically available for someone at a certain time and I need to focus on myself or whatever it is. And so I highly recommend setting up dates, even if they're like a few days in advance, because it's just like nice to then be prepared and feel like you're giving your full attention to that person. Yeah, I really, I think there's also something so powerful in what you're saying about not being available to someone. Like, I feel like I have friends who recognize, like, I'm just not fun to be around right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I don't even want to be around myself right now. I just, I'm so sorry. Let's just hang out later. And I, I feel like that's legit. Yes. Yeah. Just embrace it. If you just want to take a bath and be like, hey, I'm not, I actually have a friend uh, who might be listening to this podcast right now, and I'm pretty sure you'll know who you are, and I love you very much. And she went into a hibernation mode, self-imposed hibernation, and no apologies. And she was just like, yeah, I'm just hibernating. And, and then she came out of it and acknowledged that she had been hibernating. But like, at least I didn't care. I was happy for her hibernation mode. Good for her. No, totally. Sometimes you got to put yourself in timeout. Oh, yes. But how to show up for others when you can't show up? I mean, like, this is very real. Like, if you know that people are struggling, especially, and even if they're not struggling, you just want to show up, but like, or you just want to touch base, even the smallest things matter. That's what I've found. Like, just drop a little note in the mail. Like, it doesn't have to be a long thing. Like, you know, one of my friends talks to me about like how she's the kind of person that doesn't want phone dates. And so she, really prefers it when we just hop on the phone. And I sometimes struggle with that because I'm like, oh, well, we need to have a life altering conversation. It needs to be an hour long. And like, she's like, no, Katie, we can talk for nine minutes. It's fine. And so it's like kind of remembering that, you know, like it's just trusting yourself in that way. Yeah, it's very true. I do. It is funny. You're right. I feel like when you're catching up with people, you have this idea that it has to be this marathon thing. And 
speaking of, I had, it's really funny. Um, Caroline, I hope you're listening. So Caroline and I have, you know, periodically had these catch up conversations. It's just been great because we like are old school and use the phone. Yeah. And <laughs> we talked a couple weeks ago and we were both like, oh my God, it's probably been like an hour and a half. We were on the phone for three and a half hours. At oh. least. I feel like at the three and a half hour mark, we then spent another 15 minutes being like, oh my God, I can't believe it's been three and a half hours. Like it was just great. And it reminded me of being a kid when that was all you had and you would just sit on the phone with your friends forever. Yes. Yes. And it was the cool thing to do. Like it was just fun. Well, and then the internet came and you got mad when there's a busy signal and that all ended. Yeah. <laughs> Remember star six, nine or like when, 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 uh, what was it? Um, caller ID became a thing and it was like, Oh, the biggest deal ever. Yeah. The good old days. Or the flashing. I just remember how excited I would get the flashing of the answering machine when there was a message. Yes. I would come home from school or I would come home from like swim practice or whatever I was doing. And if there was a flash, it was like, oh, yeah. What's even more exciting if it was a flash from a guy when like I had very few guys calling me in high school, but like if one did, uh, it was pretty exciting. So they usually didn't leave a message. What am I, what am I saying? I don't know. But yeah, I think there might've been two in my high school. <laughs> oh my God. I, you're reminding me, I wrote a letter to my 17 year old self a couple years ago. Yes. And in it, I said um, that all of those boys that I had a crush on in high school turned out to be gay, that that's the bad news. But the good news is, so are you, Karen. So <laughs> Amazing. It all worked itself out. It all worked itself out. You're going to run into them at the pride parade. You're going to have a blast. There you go. I love the idea of writing a letter to your 17-year-old self. Oh man. oh, man. It was really cathartic. I was a very anxious 17-year-old. So showing up for others when you can't show up in person, it's still possible. Yeah. It's doable. It's still important. I was going to throw in one more. Um, I have discovered the, I think all of the movie streaming services have a version of this. So there's Hulu Watch Party, Netflix Watch Party, Amazon has a watch party and you all go on and you watch a movie at the same time and you could be snarky in the comments or you could just watch it on your own and watch Zoom, but it's, it's surprisingly fun. That's so fun. I've actually never tried that. So wait, how does it actually work? Do you have to watch the, the streaming service on your computer to do it? Or like, how did, can you put it on your, your television? Like, how do you do it? Cause I, so you just invite people. Do you have to download an app? I, I sound like I'm 107, but like, I really like, what's, what do you do with the computer? <laughs> I, this is not, I, I don't want to sound high tech by any means. So I'm not judging you by answering this question. <laughs> Please trust. Um, so I have two screens. So we've been doing Zoom calls. I guess you could just do it where you just watch the movie and you don't have the Zoom element. But so I have Zoom open on one screen and then the movie in the other. And whoever starts it, you all have to have accounts. That's the thing I don't like. Oh, okay. You all have to have accounts on whatever the thing is. But yeah. so the person who starts it, starts the movie, you're all watching it together. And I, yeah, I've, I've done it twice now and I really liked it. Well, listeners, if you have any ideas to share about how you show up for your people, please do tweet at us or, you know, DM us on Instagram or whatever the channels are, you know what they are. And we would love to share them with our listeners because, you know, we're all, we're all doing the same thing at the moment. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. See you next week. <laughs>